Christmas time, mistletoe and wine. It's Game Central podcast time. That's absolutely fantastic. Yes, it is Christmas. It's the time for us to all open our presents. Hopefully, they're going to be gaming. Hopefully, you're going to get yourself a dog. But remember, they're not just for Christmas. But also, we've got to remember that there is a dark side of Christmas. And there's those out there that probably aren't going to survive the harsh winter months. As we're reminded, on my way to work through the London Underground, um, it's got a picture of an old man, and it's got Last Christmas as a with a question mark. I don't know if you've seen that one, Tom. Yeah, I've seen that. It's really pleasant. It's really pleasant. It's about who could make the most depressing Christmas advertisement in the TFL. You probably wouldn't have that in uh, Manchester where you are, Gareth, because we like to be depressed during our <laughs> Christmas commute. Yeah, there's that one, and it's up against the one of the homeless girl who decides whether she's going to just shag some strange bloke. To oh, yeah, it says she out. knows it's going to be cold, doesn't yeah. she? But she has some options. There's either commit a crime to get a prison cell, sleep with uh, a stranger to get a warm bed. Um, what one would you choose, Don? Uh, I'd commit a crime with a stranger. Yeah. Wow, so you could share the cell together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also that one of that little girl in the uh, fairy costume. I don't know if you've seen that one. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. And she's sitting by a radiator, and it's got next to her something about her family not being able to pay the heating bills. But anyway, we're going off on a tangent here. This isn't about depressing Christmas adverts. <laughs> You know, obviously, we're not laughing because of it. We're just we're just highlighting uh, what we put into ourselves uh, psychologically, and we bring in from the world around us. Um, welcome to the Game Central podcast. Which episode is it, Gareth? Because I know you've been going around doing your own ones lately. Uh, Ninety-four, I think. Are, are you going to apologise? <laughs> I no. <laughs> mistake, okay, mistakes but... happen. You don't have to apologise for every mistake you ever make. Yeah, you don't, but you have made it before, so... Well, you know... Who's moving around in the background? Me. This is totally inappropriate, Don. I know, I know and I'm about to stop. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, can I just speak about Guy quickly? He yeah. uh, he pretty much got carte blanche, which means free reign, to say whatever he wanted about me, and neither of you stopped him. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Okay. Uh, everyone has been to see Star Wars, but don't worry, there'll be no spoilers from us, so don't worry, you won't be hearing that Kylo Ren is... Right, well, I'm bleeping that, obviously. <laughs> is that true, though? Because I read it and I didn't know if I, uh, I just read the plot. Yes, it's true. Okay, but what we do have is a fantastic lineup for you today, and fortunately, we're not from a galaxy far, far away. We are, in fact, citizens of planet Earth. Someone who regularly uses the force, especially during sex, is myself, Rob Skywalker. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> did you get it? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry I've been away for some time, but you could say it's the return of the head guy. What? I don't get that. Jedi. Oh, yeah. That was a terrible, <laughs> terrible. My name's Rob Walker. Sorry I've been away, but now I'm back, I think, and I can only apologise for Gareth's hand solo podcast last week. Three weeks ago now. <laughs> Three weeks ago now. Talking of Gareth Williams, if you were to shave Gareth underneath all of his hair, you would find a Wookiee. That's how hairy Gareth is. That's the joke. Gareth is so hairy that if you were to shave him, you would just encounter another layer of hair. Just a heads up, if you want to become friends with Gareth's mum on Facebook, don't bother because Gareth is very, very possessive. Kind of in a Norman Bates kind of psycho way. <laughs> you may not talk to my mother. I was just being polite, Gareth. You knew what you were doing. I know. And so did she. <laughs> but we're both adults... And if we want to do that, Gareth, then you can't stop it. Jesus Christ. She's uh, 50, man. I don't care. I really don't. 
safe to say that's someone that won't be opening my sacks this Christmas. <laughs> but uh, Darth Vader, an evil presence, respected, feared and legendary. But underneath the helmet, you will find a bald, pasty man with breathing difficulties, much like our very own Don Goss. <laughs> Hi, Don. Right, there's the breathing difficulties. <laughs> Hello. No How you doing? Yeah, it's a very mu- mucus uh, I can hear on your voice. Nah, it's it's because I've just woken up. Uh, I've got a oh, few, two more puns. Sorry, yeah, go on. Right, how's your girlfriend, Don? She's great, thanks. Last night, did you destroy her? Fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> you could say I wouldn't mind a bit of a Star Wars Episode Four, a new grope on her. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh God, you've you've had too much time to think these up, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, but it's not. Well, he, was, he was always there in the background. You might say he was the phantom penis. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> because you didn't think of that, Gareth. You just thought of that on the spot. Yeah, I did. Yeah, but it's nothing to fall out for. Oh. oh. Thank you. Talking of fall out for, I'm thinking that this episode is going to be really uh, our games of the year, which we like to do, don't we? Uh, in 2013, I believe it was, uh, we all agreed that it was The Last of Us. Well, you agreed it. You I... wasn't here, were you, Don? <laughs> oh, God, in 13? No, I wasn't, shit. No. I keep thinking uh, I've been here forever, it seems like it. You haven't. 2014, we all unanimously decided that it's it was Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> what are you talking about, Don? <laughs> no, you're right. It was Grand Theft Auto Five, which I still haven't played. Fantastic. Cool. Oh, yeah, and I'm, I, I, it's, it's such a huge game, and I don't know when I'm ever gonna bother. Right. So just before we start, Don, is your game of the year uh, Destiny: The Wolf King, whatever it's called? <laughs> well, uh, no, actually. Wow, that's absolutely what? fantastic. So, Thanks. here we go. Game of the Year. There is no Game of the Year music, Gareth, so in this part, you get carte blanche. What does that mean? Uh, free reign. Free okay. reign. Right. But it has to have Christmas jingles. <coughs> oh, so Which I don't you haven't. Get free you, haven't put, you do, but you just have to put Christmas jingles over it so okay. people know. So 2015 has been an absolutely fantastic year for games. I think we can all pretty much agree that. Uh, we've had such great games as The Witcher, uh, Wild Cunt. We've had, what else have we had? Fallout 4, Metal Gear Solid 5, Destiny the Bloodhound. We've had Bloodborne. You know, too many games to mention, but I have mentioned quite a few of them. Uh, but before we start, Dom. Yep. Dom. I'm yep. not, I keep calling you Dom. The problem is with that, Don and Dom are very similar. And also, um, yeah, but no one notices that's because they're so similar. So you, yeah. don't, need to, you don't need to apologise because literally I don't even notice. Okay, thank you, Don. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, what is your game of the year? What what was it between? Because obviously there was another game that you would quite like, but you've <laughs> just gone for your particular game. Well, obviously I've played nothing, almost nothing, but Destiny, the, uh, <clears throat> the Taken Ping, for hey. pretty much entire year and it is because once they released that 2.0 update for the Taken King suddenly all your matchmaking went to bollocks it's, oh it's an appropriate God. it's an appropriate time um, and of course I have played that just extensively and pretty much non-stop for the whole year but it's not actually my game of the year strangely um, it's really good it's you know you know, I enjoy it it came out a year ago it did come out a year ago but the Taken King which is the actual proper bit thing that they're still marketing as a whole new game it actually came out this year um, that, and I it is good yeah they, they changed the whole stuff up they questified everything they put in a shitload of more content um, and it suddenly became really good and everyone started playing it five million people picked it up in it, one it suddenly um, became really good that was three <laughs> months ago now yeah I know anyway a year before that. anyway let's not dwell okay. on the past um, except that's what we're doing this whole episode dwelling on the past uh, so my actual game of the year is a game, another game I have actually played and really enjoyed. I'm thinking, you know what? It's actually the best game this year. And that game is Bloodborne. Well, well done, Don. Uh, a game which I haven't yet finished. Why have you got a young choir boy in your front room? <laughs> I always have one there for dramatic moments. Especially I... during Christmas. Yes, that's exactly, exactly. Then you have your own 
you put up the tree, you put some tinsel up, put the cards out, some decorations around, and a choir boy in the corner. Uh, with a little bit of mistletoe above him, so you can't have any excuse but to give him a little kiss when you go past him to get to the fridge. <laughs> and then if the police come round, it's like, well, there was mistletoe, I was legally bound by... Yeah, like some law or something, yeah, exactly, so... Oh God! <laughs> Just don't look at him, Don, because normally the eyes make you feel. No, I, I never look him directly in the eye. He They're faces, windows he faces... to the soul. <laughs> They're the windows to the soul. He faces away from me. He just faces oh the Jesus! A bit like uh, the Blair Witch Project. He's like he's like that. Yeah, just in a corner. Just in the corner. But is it of his own free will, or is there oh, tethering? Oh God, no. no! No, he wants to go home. But he's... okay, shut up. Ah. <laughs> 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 but yeah Bloodborne was good yeah um, yeah uh, Dark Souls uh, esque um, from the same guy who made Dark Souls and Dark Souls 3 which is coming very very soon um, which I've also pre-ordered I'm going to say that right now um, uh, but took it to that kind of the place where more people could um, access it could find it a little bit easier because it was a bit more combat based rather than defensive and uh, still required the same strategies to work out what all the enemies were doing to try and beat them but um, the mechanic of uh, retaliating if you got hit to gain some of your, uh, your, your health back really helped you switch up the way you play take on those more enemies bigger tougher enemies without having to be so fucking leveled up like you had to in Blood in Dark Souls uh, and it looks amazing it's one of the best looking games out there even you know it came out almost it was like what February we said it came out so yeah it's been a long time. You've had some really good-looking games since then, uh, but it still looks amazing. The art design's fantastic. The monsters are still the best-looking monsters in pretty much any game I've seen for the last five or ten years. Um, and oh come just... on, they're werewolves and Wait. Victorian gentlemen. They're... <laughs> to start with, yes, but there's <laughs> so much other stuff in there. You, you just go and it gets really disgusting. There's some really gross-looking stuff in there. Blood everywhere, literally. The fact that your character just gets seeped in blood and it just doesn't wash off um, is fantastic and it looks good. Yeah, but I would counter like, that, Don. You would because you hate hard games. Cause you no, it's not that I hate it. I feel that it's uh, needlessly hard nope. and goes against its, itself, really. I can understand why people would like it, but at the same time, I believe it's a unique concept, but it's also a concept that could be applied to any game. <laughs> what, what making it ludicrously difficult until you've leveled up yeah but that's not the case though with bloodborne or dark souls dark souls i found impenetrably difficult the first you know after the asylum demon which is the very first thing you end up facing i couldn't get any further than that because i'd see it a skeleton or whatever and it would just nuke me in one hit and i'm like this is ridiculous and it annoyed the ball yeah. me for months and I thought, so this, I'm going to see how people have done it, because I've read people have done it without levelling up their fucking character at all. I'm like, come on, I can't be this bad at games. And it's just, there's little strategies that you just have to learn, and I hadn't bothered putting the patience and time into kind of just, just being a little bit more patient and a bit more careful. And after I'd done one or two other things in the game, which you could literally run through and grab a certain thing, it would help you just that little bit that Dark Souls suddenly opened up to me after that. And I just kind of, it, it's that bit where you just have to, it takes a skill rather than just plugging away to level up your character to get through a game. It, it, you know, if you can't, if you haven't got the skill, you can just plug away, build up your character until you can take a shitload of hits and you've got a load of healing potions, or you can think about it and actually. But it's that tactical... skill. Yeah, that's that's where the skill comes in. You're you're. It's it becomes like a game of of like Gallagher or something. You've got to you've got to. It's like a you've got to learn to dodge everything. And then get your shots in and all that kind of stuff. It's it's you've got so much coming at you, but you don't need to be you know you can be one hit, but you don't necessarily need that to be a problem. But why is it game of the year, Don? You're telling us why you like it, but why does it put it above any other game that's been released this year for you? Partly because uh, I've not played really much of it. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> but also, I, you know, for other games that you know, huge games that come out this year, we've had another Metal Gear, another Fallout. They're the same, you know, not well, not really the same. Fallout, I think, has been like four times. Mega Solid Five and stuff is another excellent game which I've not played, but it just doesn't. It's not. It's you know, you end up doing the same thing again and again. I don't know. Bloodborne. Like Bloodborne. <laughs> That's what Bloodborne it. is. At its very essence, it's, you it's, bloody Martian. It's just you look. 
You can say that about literally anything. You can't. You can say that about Halo 5. Halo 5 is another good game, but it's not game of the year. But you're doing the same thing the whole game, and you're just shooting stuff in the face and following the path. That's it. But it's still a great game. Uh, I suppose what you're saying with Bloodborne is that even though you're doing the same thing again and again, you always feel that you're making some form of progress and getting better. Literally that. And I completed Devil May Cry 3 on Dante Must Die mode. So, mister, when it comes to hard <laughs> games, I think you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. All right, all right. But uh, I understand your love of Bloodborne. Aesthetically, it's very pleasing. The design, the way the characters are designed, it... it even though it feels so familiar at the same time, it's so unique. Yeah. And it feels like a world that I've never been in before. And even though it is hard, it kind of makes you want to step forward and keep going and keep going and finding out more and more about it. Yeah. Um, Getting your ass kicked in games can become tedious. But yeah. in games like Bloodborne, it, you, you want to keep going. Mm. You know you're going to kick something's ass and you know, just give it another go. You know you're going to actually beat it. Yeah. No, I may get back to it one day. I did enjoy it. Uh, but there you go uh, Gareth yeah you've obviously got two games that you really loved this year but what was it about your game that beat the game that you may have thought may have won had this game not have been released <laughs> at this time <laughs> uh, my game of the year is Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain oh yes I've uh, heard that's good it's, it's pretty good Don yeah it's pretty good. I'd never played a Metal Gear Solid game before. Fuck and, off. Um, I just got home with tape. <laughs> He's it's Christmas. There's, there's going to be some present. Wrapping. He's, oh, it's done taken... that thing where it splits oh, and you can't mate. find. Oh, it's all thin. Oh. Taking oh. the choir boy's mouth shut. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, go on, Gareth. Metal Gear Solid Five. I'm sure we can all agree that's a fantastic game. But what is it about that game that's made it stand head and shoulders? <laughs> you may want to try that sometimes. Oh. Uh, do you get it? Because you're long hair. Yeah. It's, it's uh, above all <laughs> other games that have been released this year and put it as your game of the year. Uh, well, I have played a lot of the other games that have come out this year. Unlike Don, who picked the only other game he'd played that was from <laughs> this year as his game of the year. Um, oh no, I guess he played Drive Club. But that's a golf game, so that don't count. Um, and when I was thinking back about all the games I had played, I realised that none of them felt, uh, sort of next gen. I'm doing air quotes, by the way. You can't see that because this is the radio. Oh, I can see that. Uh, are you sure it's not hair quotes? Wow. You've been waiting months. It's for these quotes. building up. It's just, it's, yeah. it's all going to come out now. <laughs> Nothing felt next-gen like Metal Gear Solid V did. Um, it just There's way too much stuff in this game. It's like, you know, we talked about it sort of when it came out, but, like, nobody in their right minds would let Kojima make this unless they were as clueless as Konami were about their games division. Like, <laughs> there's just way too much stuff in here that makes no sense, that it's, like, way too extravagant. The fact that you can Fulton almost anything in the entire game is ridiculous. Still but going on about the Fultons. It it just adds that other layer to what is a fantastic action game. Like, st- stealth in games has never really done it for me, but it's so active in Metal Gear Solid V. Like, it, like in you know, in uh, Splinter Cell, for example, you'll, like, ps- do the splits on a corridor above somebody and wait for them to walk past you. And then you'll <laughs> quietly sneak past and all that shit, but in Metal Gear Solid V, you're just always doing shit. You're always scouting out the area, you're always moving position, you're always finding a different way to attack a problem. And there's like a billion ways to attack every single fucking problem. Like, you could be attacking the same base like, a few different times for different missions, and every single time it's different, because you're approaching it from a different angle, which gives you like a different view of the guards walking paths and that gives you different options in how to tackle it. You can have a helicopter fly in and just mow everyone down. You can drop sleep gas from space on people. You can <laughs> go space. in you can go in unarmed and do it that way. It just it gives you so much choice and rewards you for being creative with your choices. And uh on top of that the story is pretty cool. 
And so much crazy shit happens in that game that I never wanted to stop playing until I'd seen it all. I think um, it could have been, it could have benefited the game to not be open world. I know that sounds really stupid, and you yeah, say, well, you're right, it does." <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, but what I mean by that is, the game half the time to me felt like a tech demo rather than a cohesive whole. Okay. It felt, and especially when you revisit different bases. And you do like a cohesive whole, don't you? Way. <laughs> What's the opposite of a co- What's the opposite of a cohesive hole? <clears throat> um, a slack half. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, I don't even want to know what that would look like. <laughs> <Slack>. um, <laughs> so, basically, to me, half the, the missions just felt like a tech demo, and. Uh, I loved Metal Gear Solid uh, until I completed it. Well, I thought I completed it, and then they asked me to do the game over again. (laughs) Did that not piss you off, Gav? At that point, I literally just ejected it and traded it in. No, I loved that so much. No, that's sarcastic. No, genuinely, because you complete the main story of the game, and the credits roll, and there's been a huge epic action sequence, and you're like, wow. And then it brings up a trailer for Volume 2, which just starts as soon as that trailer ends. And it's like, there's a whole second fucking campaign in this game. But there's not, is there? There basically is. No, it's, well, there it's more sort of vignettes, I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's more like sitting in the saying, oh shit, I've run out of time. Uh, can you play the game again? I've just had a few cutscenes. It's like a 30 hour long epilogue, <laughs> which is quite long for an epilogue. That's it is, I wondered but... about that, because a lot of people have said the ending of Metal Gear Solid 5 is kind of feels like it wasn't finished yeah I, I didn't is that what you mean so the ending 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 of the game where yeah. you find out what's actually been going on the whole game is like fucking insane okay. it could have been done better but it's just so insane that I didn't have a problem with how it was done because it was just so interesting of a stupid idea <laughs> yeah but I would have liked it to have said okay Rob you've put all these hours into it this is the story. This this is what's been happening. Rather than, oh, we're going to keep a little bit of uh, story away from you now. Uh, can you play it for another thirty hours, and then we'll tell you what it is. Well, it just felt a bit cheap. It adds in other story, but like you, you know, quiet still has loads of story left to her, and people you find during the story. Have yeah, but the story's done at that point. No, the main like, like it feels done. It feels like it was wrapped up. It doesn't feel satisfying. The main guy has been crushed. He's dead. You stopped Neo Philabrafist. <laughs> you know that sort of stuff. It kind of feels that you know what else have I got invested in? It? What else is going on at that point? I felt sort of completely detached from the story and the the fact that it was telling me to do the same things but under different sort of like. Uh, used to get the add-ons like subsistence and substance and stuff like that. It felt more like that than it did a part of the game. Well, I mean, that they do kind of throw you into some old missions that are a bit harder mm. if you want to do that. But um, just like, you know, if you destroy a giant robot, that doesn't mean suddenly all the armies in the world are suddenly mates. There's still a fucking no, war going on that you can there is. be a part of. But show me a part of that war. Develop it. Don't just say... Oh, there's still a war going on, therefore you're going to have to do the same missions that you just did all over again. That's not continuing the story for me, that's just keeping you in the game for no apparent reason. You could say that about any game, Gareth. Oh, what? Oh, you know, oh, The Last of Us. I've completed it, but surely the end of the world is still going on. Why has it ended? Oh, play the game again, but do it in reverse. Right, but if it actually gave you more story, then you would do it. Yeah, but I have to be playing it for a reason. The story. That's the whole point of The Last of Us, right? Yeah, but The Last of Us is a co- You know where it begin, middle and end. I didn't know where Metal Gear was trying to go after that. Well, I didn't the, know if I could be bothered. The beauty of Metal Gear as well is it was just so fun and satisfying to play that you didn't mind just playing more of it, if you were me. Because playing it was so good. But so the whole good. point... The whole point of Metal Gear and what made it so impressive was that it was a sandbox and even though I said it felt like a tech demo at times, 
it did feel good to be able to do things your way. But the problem was, in the second half of the game, they tried to uh, sort of cut down what you could do and add strict uh, sort of details to each mission of what you could and couldn't do. And I felt that that made it suffer somewhat and it made it less enjoyable because half of the fun for me in Metal Gear, I'm not too hardcore at it, but I got quite good towards the end, was having to sort of elaborate in a situation and think on your feet if you got caught out or anything like that. But when they try and add like these strict rules that you can and can't do to make it harder, I just felt that the enjoyment was taken away from me and it became more frustrating for me. You don't have to do loads of those missions. You do one or two and then just do the new ones that pop up. I don't know. Just the ones that pop up. You know, even the way you say it, even though it's your game of the year, and I can understand why, you have to admit it could have been done better. And We know why. We know what happened internally with Konami and Kojima. But at the same time, he could have wrapped it up when it ended. Of course he could. But then you wouldn't have known the crazy twists and shit that happened after the game ends. He would, because he could have just done a two-hour cutscene. <laughs> That's what he's done instead of doing 15 hours of cutscenes in the game. Isn't yeah. yeah. Which no was a criticism of pretty much all the other previous games. It was, but I wouldn't have minded an extra long cutscene at the end, just to tie everything together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, it's it was a fantastic game, but I think the, the problem was where he was caught between you have to make a game, but you can't... Um, use an overuse of cutscenes, which he has done in the past, kind of made him probably feel that he had to recycle some of his material to get it out, to not use as much resources as he was. Um, and at the end, I didn't feel that the base building and stuff like that was really having an impact on my game. Have I don't you, know about have you. Have you played the, the actual online bit, where people then no, invade your bases no. and stuff? Because by all accounts, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's a cool idea, but at the same time, when I'm playing the game, I don't want to be interrupted because someone, because Gareth's decided to invade my base. <laughs> yeah, but then you can be faulting a shitload of animals and basically have a massive base full of vicious bears and shit, and then just watch them tear people to bits. But that's the problem. For me, the bases felt so sterile, and I suppose that was half the point, in that they're these big, hulking metal constructions. Yes, yeah, they're a metaphor for, uh, for war. Oh, here we go. And the, uh, this and is the, why Kojima it, gets away with so much shit. Military complex, yeah. Because if he does something wrong or something that's shit, people just say, oh, it's a metaphor. Didn't you know? <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Silly me. Yeah. Why can't you fault on a bear? Why would you let a bear run loose on your construction? <laughs> oh, it's a metaphor for the violence of war and uh, <laughs> how people don't think about the violence. Wait, are you uh, saying okay. that faulting in bears is shit? <laughs> I'm saying it doesn't make sense, but at the same time, Kojima just seems to get away with it because he's Kojima. Metal Gear yeah. doesn't make sense. That's... You need you need someone in the games industry that will just do mental shit for no good reason, sure. just because it's fun. But I could do that. <clears throat> yeah, but you haven't, so... I suppose. Yeah. Now he's with Sony. <clears throat> yeah. He is with Sony, but... Um... I don't know what he's going to do next, because he keeps saying, oh, I won't do another Metal Gear, but now he can't. I know what and... his very first job with Sony is, by the way. Um, oh, here we go. It was, in, uh, it was going to be in Don's Hot Gossip, but we seem to have skipped that section. Uh... No, we haven't skipped it. This is a Game of the Year roundup. <clears throat> yeah, but the Gossip always comes first. Yeah, it does. But, you know, sorry if you're feeling a little bit uh, OCD at the moment. <laughs> I am, a little bit. But I don't know if you've noticed, it's a little bit different. Yeah, okay. Okay, maybe you can add your hot gossip at the end, okay. if it is that important. Yeah! Or you could put it in right now, if it's relevant. No, well, it is relevant. It's Christmas hot gossip, but it'll go in where it goes in. Let's not, let's not worry. That's what you said to her as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but uh, Gareth, you know, that is a worthy game of the year. You can talk about its merits and its faults all day, and I think that's one of the things that <clears throat> sort of sums up a great game. Yep, and I think we'll probably be comparing our two games, Rob. Thank you very I much. I don't, I, not not to be a dick to Don, but I don't think Don's is really in, in the the fight. Is it? Let's be honest. Screw you guys. It's a solid part of a top ten, but it's not the best. Come on. It's the best of what I've played. So come on. 
I've got, I've got my choice. Pay two games. We have no choice limited. One of those was Journey. Um, and uh, yep. Can you imagine if you had a DVD player and just watched two films? <laughs> that would be amazing. You're like, what are you watching last night, Dom? Oh, <laughs> uh, The Matrix. Haven't you been watching that since 1999? <laughs> yeah, but I've only got two DVDs, haven't I? And the other one's West Side Story, and I don't really like that. You do know you can get others. Yeah. <laughs> Um, He's got plenty of others. That's the fucking yeah. That's the irony. The tragic bit. He does have plenty of others. <clears throat> anyway, let's not dwell on me being a retailer. Um, so for my game of the year, I really was stuck between a rock and a hard place. Uh, two games that I've really loved this year. Um, the first that just missed out was The Witcher Three. Um, have you got anything to say about that, Don? Yes, I do. Yeah. I will never play this game. <laughs> no, you're supposed to say it seemed that when it came out everyone was talking about it. That's what I was going to say. Uh, okay. Witcher 3 seems to have <laughs> since one of those games everyone was when it came out everyone was really uh, really on it and really uh, bigging it up. But then it was immediately superseded by every other game that came after it. And I'm not sure why that is. I think it's a very impressive game but I think when you do leave it for a time it does tend to blend into the background which I believe... Uh, truly brilliant game shouldn't do um, and I mean it's kind of become entangled in everything else and hasn't really differentiated itself in that I believe at the time it was better than Skyrim but that's because technically graphically story wise I did prefer it over Skyrim but I believe I think the fact is it's still a fantastic game but it just doesn't have that magic that a game tends to go into your soul. I don't know if this is just me because I've got psychotic illusions, but when I play a game, it goes into my mind, and when I think about it, I either go, oh, or I go, hmm, or I go, oh. So when I think of Resident (laughs) Evil 6, I get the sensation of, oh, oh. When I think of Skyrim, I'm like, oh, yeah, man. And when I think of something like... (laughs) The Witcher 3, it's like, hmm. You know, and it, I think, for me, The Witcher was, hmm. And when I f- go back into my mindset, it is that. The combat was good. The storyline was good. The adventuring was good. Everything was good. Uh, it took everything Skyrim did and what The Witcher 2 did and stuff like that and before it, right. and it polished it up to a brilliant degree but I don't think it pushed beyond the boundaries of what it could be, which is strange that my game of the year is Fallout 4, because in my mind, and everything that I do think, it should be exactly the same, if not worse, because a lot of people have been saying, isn't this just Fallout 3 over again? Now, I think the problem I have is I never really got on with Fallout 3. I think I played it for about seven hours. Um, Big Oblivion fan, big fan of Skyrim. Skyrim was basically like um, Oblivion, but it just improved on it <laughs> in every way, as we, we all know. It did. Uh, but Fallout 4, for me, I don't know what it is. I do know what it is, but I don't. And I think that's the strange thing. When I try and explain to people the feeling it gives me, the graphics are a little bit rusty, the facial animation is terrible, the people look like meat puppets. <laughs> You know, the story is basically a story that is in the background loosely that you can follow, but it's not there at the forefront at all times. But when you're walking along in Fallout 4, you've got your weapon, you've got your armour, that you've made yourself, you're walking through an abandoned town and the sun's setting, it still feels beautiful and it feels like you can get lost and it feels like if you turn left or right or up or go backwards, you're still going to find an adventure. And I think that's what made Skyrim so special. And that's what gives these Bethesda games, this piece of magic. And suddenly your expectations of graphics and what games should be now kind of goes out the window. And where I said before, Metal Gear Solid Five felt like a sandbox and a, somewhere where you experiment. Fallout very much feels 
like everything has a meaning and it's supposed to and the world's been made for you to explore it with Metal Gear Solid 5 you can't really go off and explore mm-hmm. between missions going between missions I never felt the need to oh that looks interesting over there I'm going to go and check or I wonder what's over in that direction you know you're not going to be encountered by something brilliant happening so it takes that away from you the same as Witcher really with the rich Witcher I came across encampments of enemies but it didn't really progress a story or there wasn't any story elements towards mm-hmm. it but I think when you get into the magic of Fallout or Oblivion, Skyrim whatever it be you just feel like you're in this whole different world and this world of possibilities and the, the world's going on without you in a similar way to Grand Theft Auto which I think Rockstar have that magic as well in that you just feel that it's a world of possibilities wherever you go and you'll find an adventure. It's just, it has the ability to just consume me wholly when I'm playing it and there's not many games that can do that now and I didn't think I'd get on with it because I didn't really get on with Fallout 3. But I think with the added bit of technology, even though they haven't used it 100%, it's still a world full of detail and it's a world where... You can see they've taken time on its architecture and stuff like that. It isn't the best-looking game, but rather than Skyrim, where some places could be quite sparse for quite a number of minutes when you're running across the open plains, here it feels like there's a lot more attention on just things going on without you really knowing and you stumble across them. And I think that it's that magic. I know you've played it, Gareth. I have. As someone who's got Fallout 3 to compare it, how does that sort of impact the game and the way you feel about it? Um, the thing I've said before, but I I think Fallout 4 is uh, inferior to Fallout 3. See, this is strange um, to me. Well, because... So, Fallout 3 is more of an RPG than mm. Fallout 4. Like, when you level up, you can pour every single skill point into each individual thing that you want and you feel like it... It has uh, benefits, so you can be like, okay, well, I want to put ten into speech because I want speech to get better, but then I'm going to put two into explosives, just because I've been using grenades more a bit. And you feel like that two in explosives, like it has a point. Like you feel like you've contributed to your damage in some way. Um, mm. Whereas in Fallout Four, when you level up, you just put a perk point into like I don't know. Now I can. Get ten percent more from vendors instead of that happening naturally when you would upgrade your stats in yeah. the previous Fallout game. And like the conversation system in Fallout Four is the big killer for me. Like that, I understand they had to because it's all voice now. Your character says everything that you want them to. But in Fallout Three, every conversation you would have like nine or ten options of what you want to say to the person, then they would react accordingly. And in this you have four. And they're always the same. It's always like, yes, no, sarcasm, or tell me more. Like, those are the only four options you ever have in any conversation. There are a few exceptions, but mostly that's it. Whereas in Fallout 3, you could say, like, you know, there was, like, tell me more at the bottom of this list, and then the one above that would be like, fuck you, I'm going to shoot you in the face. The one above that would be like, (laughs) uh, maybe, lie. Like, would be in, like question marks and like you just had so much choice it felt like an RPG it felt like I can go anywhere and do anything to anyone and that's fucked up and amazing because in Fallout 4 I don't feel that way like it's more scripted in more places and I feel like that puts a mental block in my mind of that feeling of I can go anywhere and do anything I feel like I can't do that in Fallout 4 because there's more scripted stuff going on yeah, the, I think it's more streamlined, but I still think that you can get to the the heat of the matter quickly. So you can still be an arsehole, you can still disagree with someone, you can still agree with someone. It's just that it's not, you know, as complex sentence structures. Right, but but like you know, like a day after the game came out. One of the like things YouTube tried to recommend me was like all sarcasm playthrough of Fallout Four, and I, yeah. like, I rolled my eyes so hard I think I pulled a muscle. Which is like, like it just feels like it's so simplified from Fallout Three. 
You can't pick what stats to increase individually. Whereas in Fallout 3, you had like 20 odd choices of what to put. Yeah, but I like that because when I go to beef up my guns or I want to do my armor, I know what I need. Tell me, you need this perk, you need armor at level 3. And I think that's a lot better than this kind of way that they've they've had it in the past where it's a little bit you have to guess or you don't know what you're going to need further along down the road so I tend to stock up on my perks and only really use them if I come across something that I'll need right if you see I, what I mean I, so I, I, find I, I did a helpful. similar thing yeah there'd be a point where I had like three or four perks saved up because I just didn't really know what I wanted to level up yeah it turns out luck is like the most valuable stat in the entire game Look, luck. Yeah. If we said look, but that's <laughs> your accent, isn't it? <laughs> that's the way you look. What? How else yeah. would I say, look? Luck. Look. But that's... anyway, we're getting we're getting away. I would say <laughs> a lot of games. I wouldn't say they're dumbed down, but they're streamlined. Uh, the same with Metal Gear Solid. When you when you look at it, we, people are talking about it being dumbed down. But sometimes I think, especially in Fallout's case, that's not a bad thing. It just it just allows you to kind of keep it streamlined and know what you're doing, where you're doing it, how you've done, where you've been. There's, okay, most of it is black and white, but I think that helps it in a way where you don't kind of get these grey areas where you don't really know what's going on or you don't know who's on your side. And I, I just really enjoy it. I think, obviously, a lot more could have been done with it. But I think, as it is... It's a fantastic game, and it, it's a great game to get lost in, a great world. Um, I can understand good. if someone would prefer Metal Gear Solid Five, if you're a Metal Gear Solid player, but I think that's a game that needed a little bit more love, a little bit more belief, and I think if Konami had entrusted Kojima, then they could have put out the game that he envisaged. But at the moment... I believe that it is only about 70% of what it could have been. I don't know if you agree with that, with Metal Gear Solid. Um, I see why you, you would say that. But, you know. Mm. I, I enjoyed both games. Fallout 4 was my second favourite game of the year. I have the season pass, so I'm waiting for the DLC to come out and stuff. Like, I really like that game, but... For me, Metal Gear Solid 5 was just... It was something else, man. It felt like Metal Gear Solid Five hadn't been possible before 2015, and that yeah. that was what tipped me. I mean, I haven't played it on the last gen consoles, but you know, you say that, but do we know that? Well, we've we had Fallout. We could have had Fallout Four, like what seven years ago, because do you think Fallout so, Three is Fallout Four with. With more mechanics, so it's like yeah, but don't don't you think it's 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 a world that's more full with possibilities, and it, it's taken so in a town you'll have more options, you'll have more places to go, you'll have more buildings that you can enter. Maybe, but I I feel like that that doesn't equal options. Like in Fallout no. Three, the very first town you come to, Megaton, is absolutely full to the brim. With memorable characters that you can have long conversations with, go on huge quest chains with. There's nowhere yeah. really like that in Fallout 4. And you that's can go fantastic. to the city where there's like a guy 4, selling baseball stuff. You can walk past a school and you know that will probably be part of a mission. Whereas in Metal Gear Solid 5, where they keep sending you back to the same locations again and again, it's, it's a little bit sort of. It breaks that illusion of uh, a cohesive world. Yeah, but you can approach that same area one of a thousand ways. And I did. Yeah. I changed it up every single time. Sometimes it'd be all guns blazing with a grenade launcher and rocket launcher. Sometimes I'd drop in a tank and just go mental. Sometimes I'd sneak in. Sometimes I'd send in a helicopter to do my dirty work. Sometimes yeah. I'd be like, I'll see if I can do this all using the dog. Just let the dog kill everyone. You know, it's like, I, I liked that freedom. And I think that's where Fallout 4 can go down. I think if they would have invested more in the stealth system, then you know they would have had a, a much better game because 
for all intents and purposes, stealth in even their earlier games just doesn't work. You know, no. you'll go down, you'll be hidden, but it's almost as if the enemies can sense you and it will come up caution. And you'll be like, hang on, but they're behind a bus. How do they even <laughs> know that I'm there? And then as soon as you poke your head up, that's it. So I think for Fallout 4 to progress, they need to have that other option like Metal Gear Solid does, where you can actually approach missions in a sort of stealth way. I don't know if that's just me, though, but I just find that stealth isn't really an option. It's definitely not an option. You use it to get, like, a one stealth hit off, which does more yeah. damage, and then every enemy is coming at you anyway. So yeah, so... But uh, I truly believe that that's my game of the year. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to come to a decision uh, where we can name one, because I know how stubborn Gareth is. <laughs> uh, Don's not very stubborn. No, because the answer is Destiny, the Taken King. There we go. He knows what? that deep down. He just didn't want to say it. <laughs> So those are our game of the year. I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion this year, which I think is very sad. Maybe we'll revisit again next year. I think that's Gareth. quite good, actually, because it means there's lots of games out there which are contenders and are all viable, and yeah. that means the quality of games overall is going up. Because I think last year we had Grand Theft Auto from me, Diablo from Gareth, yeah. And I forgot you had Destiny, didn't you? Probably. <laughs> and it was obvious that Grand Theft Auto stood head and shoulders technically yeah. above all of those games. But I think this year, even Bloodborne, but some people would say, "Oh, fuck off, Metal Gear Solid Five and <laughs> Fallout Four. Bloodborne <laughs> is game of the year." Yeah. And there are arguments for that. I know we're taking the mick out of Don because he probably played it for about fifteen minutes. <laughs> no, more than that. But, you know, there, there's other games as well that I really enjoyed, such as Dying Light, that no one really gave a chance. Yeah, that's true. Really enjoyed that game. It's been a good year for games, to be honest. It's been a fantastic game. But, there we have it. It's not a unanimous decision this year. But, we go forward to next year, feeling very good in our scrot. But, <laughs> right now, we have that moment that everyone tunes in for, especially Kojima, because he likes to know what he'll be doing next. It's the man with his gland in the industry. It's Don's Hot Goss It. Hey, it's my favourite of the show. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since uh, my hot gossip, and uh, there's only one bit of gossip this week, which I actually got this week. So it's a good job I had a couple of weeks off. Yeah. Um, got those guys walking down uh, <laughs> uh, Great Portland Street in uh, in London Town, and I was walking past the Sony building, um, which is a nice little building right on the corner. And there's a big window. They normally have a massive, massive, massive poster in of one of the latest games that was coming out. And you can see through the window, they've got the big uh, lights of the Sony uh, control, you know, the, the X, the box, the circle and the square. Where is this? Sorry, Whatever Don? It is. Uh, Great Portland. Is it Great Portland Street? Yeah, just behind Oxford Street. Okay. Well. Uh, on the road parallel with that. Um, and you can walk past it and uh, you, you can kind of go inside, but a security guard will come up to you after a few seconds and go... That's pretty much yeah. like any building, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not just exclusive to Sony. It's, it's where I went for the VR um, the VR testing as well. It's, uh, it's a nice little place. But this time when I went past, I noticed there was uh, quite a lot of people hanging around inside, which is unusual for the lobby area. Um, and it was because they'd actually set up a Santa Claus in their reception area and people were going in and kind of talking to Sony Christmas Santa um, oh, he had a hat on with like the Sony um, PlayStation logos on but shut up Rob and, uh, so I thought I can, I can go in there I'll have a look so I went in and uh, thought I can go and sit there and they were giving out some little presents to little kids I thought maybe they were giving games <laughs> out men. no I thought they were giving games out but they weren't they were just like little um, little Playstation themed cards and stuff like that um, for kids basically um, but I went up there and I was looking at this Santa Claus and I thought he looks really, really oh, does he? weird and familiar. Does he eyes? No. And <laughs> he's wearing glasses, and I thought, this is so strange. And then yeah. looked a bit closer, and you see this really familiar dark 
frame glasses. The guy was obviously Japanese as well, which is really weird. Why obvious? Really weird for a, a Santa. Was he quite guy. slim? Um, he wasn't actually, because he, he obviously had a few cushions stuffed up his costume. Okay. Did he have his willy out? And you're like, that's a small, that's exactly. a small willy. That, that's a Japanese willy. Wow, that's racist. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Uh, no is the uh, answer to that question um, and yes obviously so... his English is quite limited as well isn't it? <laughs> he wasn't saying a lot no um, he was saying ho 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 quite a lot or yeah that's oh, quite it wouldn't you know it I clocked him everyone's been wondering what his first job is going to be with Sony <laughs> turns out yeah. Kojima's first job is playing uh, Santa Claus in Sony's uh, English London office lobby well, that is absolutely fantastic. Not, fantastic. Not so much gossip, though, as but it, you yeah, saw. Yeah, but no, no one knew he was doing it. Yeah, everyone wondered what, his, about everyone it, wondered what it? his first job was going to be for Sony. Turns out, get in the Santa costume, Kojima. Yeah. Yep. You filthy slut. <laughs> <laughs> We've paid for you, and we're going to get every fucking cent out of you. Now we're going to get in the costume. You. Put the hat on. <laughs> get that yeah. beard on. Entertain those kids, you Japanese man. So yeah, welcome to Sony, Kojima. Um, hope you enjoy it. Good luck. Uh, he wants to work with Del Toro again. I've got a feeling that Del Toro gets quite uncomfortable around him and that he just <laughs> wants it all to end. <laughs> I get that sense as well. He's got Sony week. sort of phone. Can you, Kojima's probably like, you, have you worked with Del Toro? Yes, we have, Mr. Kojima. Could you give him a ring? Yeah, yeah, we'll do that again. Um, I really feel like he wants to just go I want to make PT I want to make Silent Hills god damn it but he can't because Konami own it so hopefully they can do something that was going to be exactly the same and just give it a different title Creepy Village yeah Yeah. (laughs) Quiet Town Fog City hopefully they can they can they can do that well it's been an absolute pleasure to get back with you guys. It's been a threesome that I've missed. Yeah, you've loved it. Um, and it's been brilliant. And hopefully we can continue into the new year if Gareth doesn't kick me off the podcast again. What? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying to create controversy. So people are tuning in for next time. Yeah. Smart. Yeah, actually. You can leave it on a cliffhanger. <laughs> I don't know how we do that, but yeah. yeah I'm pregnant. Brilliant. And the father is...